Welcome back, pop culture theologians. Oh, wait, do we have a special or someone on the line? Hey, John. Hey, Marcy. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? I, <laughs> I'm i sniffling and coughing. Uh, how are you doing? You know, I have a small little cough, but it's because I had a sinus infection. That's what we're all telling ourselves, John. That's what we're all telling ourselves in the age of Rona. Right. Hey, everyone. I'm so glad to be back, John. I'm so glad. And for those of you that are just joining us, uh, we are the Pop Culture Theologians. Uh, there's me, John, and now my main girl, Marcy, back for another season. And um, you are so just in for treats because Marcy's back, everyone. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited to be back. Um, for anyone who has not been kind of like a listener, uh, welcome, I guess, first off. Um, you're obviously watching Westworld with us, and we're so excited. Um, I and confused. And confused, <laughs> definitely. John and I are less confused because it's our second time recording this podcast because I fucked up the first recording. So... Um, we there are no mistakes except for the one Donald Trump did by refusing to acknowledge this global pandemic causing <laughs> the world to shut down. It really does give you perspective, doesn't it? Really does. It really does. Um, but to our regular listeners, um, I've been gone since December. Um, you know, uh, John's been covering on pop culture theologians by himself, which I'm so thankful for. Um, I just want to be honest with listeners. Like I had... Um, for anyone new, I promise it isn't like this every week. Um, I had a pretty traumatic event happen, um, on my way back from a work trip. Uh, I work in the philanthropic sector, uh, on racial equity and justice work, and I love it. Um, but on my way back from one of my work trips, um, I was assaulted and, uh, it's been three months and it's really nice to be back, uh, uh, so much love for John for pushing through. Um, you know, we were doing two shows at a time. Um, and more than pushing through with the show, uh, John was there for me as a friend over the last like three months as I was healing and going through uh, and still continue to be going through the justice system, um, the criminal justice system, which is way worse than SVU makes it look like. Um, but also just healing um, myself uh, for the first month. Like uh, I couldn't speak. I had like a trauma induced speech stutter, which you can still hear some of it, but honest to God, it's gotten so much better. It gets worse if I get just a little bit anxious, uh, which thanks Rona. Um, <laughs> like I had been making a ton of progress. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to be honest that like, that is why uh, I was kind of gone and like also to offer like love and, support to anyone listening who may have, um, you know, gone through any type of like sexual violence. Um, like there's like some light at the end of the, the tunnel. Um, you do come back, uh, you come back a little different, um, but you do come back. So it's really nice to be back, John. Well, we're so glad that you're back. I'm glad that you're back. And I speak on behalf of everyone when I say that I love you, we love you. And you're very brave for sharing your story in the ways that you have and that you will, um, and that you've got um, a room full of podcast listeners who are going to be standing beside you. Um, and maybe Dolores, if we have any say in what goes on in the future. Right. I think, I think for me, like I kept going back and forth on whether or not I would address why, like I kind of like jumped off, but like we've come, we've covered so many shows, uh, on like women, like in rape culture, surviving patriarchy, surviving kind of these systems of oppression. And like, I realized that like the podcast for me, like being able to come back was like such a, like, there's a reason we're kind of fleshing all this stuff out in these shows. And, um, I'm not saying it made me any more prepared for how like horrific the last three months have been, but, um, but I just, I wanted to acknowledge that like the crossover of why, what we like as a collective are talking about is important is because a lot of our anxiety as a society comes out in our art and, um, 
you know, we've covered Handmaid's Tale, we've covered um, obviously Westworld, um, so many shows like The Purge that that do delve into kind of like that like anxiety of like, am I safe? Um, and so, so yeah, yeah. But thank you to everyone. So much love. Um, and I'm so glad to be back and just talking about like what the fuck happened this week, you know? Uh, nothing's going on this week. What are you nothing's talking about? <laughs> My Corona. <laughs> Marcy, but before we talk about that, let's give a little love to the Engaged Gaze, um, our host website. You know, we love them. Um, and our sister podcast, Bible Bitches, they'll be coming back in April. And then where can we find you on social media right now, Marcy? Because we're all spending time uh, on the interwebs a lot. I was about to say everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. I, everywhere. Uh, do you want to talk to me on Facebook? Let's talk. you want to talk on Twitter? Let's talk. Um, no, I am like anxiously scrolling through Twitter 24 hours a day right now um, at I am the men who can, uh, which so many of you know is a reference to my favorite line in Wonder Woman. Uh, John, where can I find your basic ass? Oh, um, uh, you can find me on Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook at jerickson85. Um, right now, I'm living for meme culture, um, so it's kind of getting me through some of the crazy times. And I'm not on TikTok, but let me tell you, can those I, Gen Zers. Can I like have a confession? I'm one of those people that logged into TikTok to make fun of it, and it's my life. <laughs> I I don't make fun of it. I actually think it's quite addictive, and so I just watch the videos. I, I don't yeah, participate. I don't, have, I don't have my own account, but I could scroll through TikTok for days. So days. if any of y'all are like, it's like a more, it's, um, I would say it's kind of like a combination of like the like mindlessness of Instagram with the snark of Twitter. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, it's just so addicting. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Marcy, besides insulting my social media handle, um, which I've missed by the way, um, <laughs> apparently there are a few things going on this week. So what the f- happened this week? <laughs> We're living through a pandemic. Two weeks ago on Twitter, we were all debating whether or not Leonardo DiCaprio was a star before Titanic. And like, that feels like 800 months ago. Um, Cause yeah. It really like, does. It really does. Like every single day is like three months. Uh, we're living through uh, COVID-19, the, the novel coronavirus. Uh, we're living through it in the age of Trump. Um, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that any other president could have prevented Rona from showing up. Oh, I am. I'm not, maybe not prevented, but could have seriously stopped. Uh, Yeah, definitely handled better. Um, I don't know if you saw it. Um, I actually started reading it at 2 a.m. this morning and like had to stop because I needed, I had already taken like my daily amount of Xanax. But um, there's a report that came out of Britain called the Imperial Report. Um, And it's these researchers that did like, three scenarios based off of our data in the US and the Italy kind of like trajectory, right? Which Italy most closely mirrors the US and having ignored it for way too long. And it's the- Which Trump did for his election chances, just so everyone is clear on this. Right. Um, the, uh, The report is horrifying. Like best case scenario is still like terrible. Uh, Worst case scenario is like 2.2 million lives lost, uh, which apparently it was this report that caused the Trump administration and the UK um, to, to pivot, like, like Ross, pivot, like, like we're, we're doing it wrong. So, um, but yeah, no, like what a weird fucking time to be alive. Like, so we're what? all working from home. Yeah. Well, those of us who are really privileged, privileged are yeah. working from home. Um, what, what are some of the tips you're using to get through this time? Um, I stared at a wall for like six hours today. Um, no, like honestly, I've been making fun of a lot of folks who are like, definitely get dressed. I'm like, the fuck I'm getting dressed. Like the one like awesome part of like working from home. And I, I typically work from home part time. So, uh, is the fact that I get to wear my pajamas and stay in bed all day with my dogs. Like you don't have to get dressed, but I would say like, get up every hour and like walk around, like, take a walk, go outside, 
I went for a really long walk this afternoon. Right. Like get some vitamin D um, and also like break it up. So I feel like for some people, like this is totally dependent on the type of people and how you work. Like for some people uh, working from home means like you Netflix for six hours and do two intense hours of work. And that works for you. For other folks, like it has to be like an hour, half hour break, hour, half hour break. And like folks who typically don't work from home are like, why are, why is everyone taking breaks? Dude, it's the same breaks you take all day at work, like checking, like whatever you need to check. Like, so just like work out something that like, you know, creates like a bit of a self-care routine, like whatever works for you. Um, yeah. And then we're all cooking, like work from like, we're on a chopped episode right now. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so weird. I'm going to keep saying it. It's really surreal. Um, I know I'm living through history right now, but we've been living through history for a few years, but like this, this feels really, uh, epic. And I never realized how mundane something like that would feel. Yeah. My mom said that to me today when, cause she got a Facebook portal for Christmas and yes, it is March people. And she just set it up. <laughs> um, because she has no idea how to do it. And she's been uh, Facebook messengering us, which is cool because you can have a lot of fun on these little app thingies. And she's just like, you know, as long as I've been alive, this is, I've just, I'm in shock. I can yeah. never believe this. And I said, yeah, because this is a, t- this is something that we've really only seen in the movies. Well, and in the movies, it's like Will Smith is like saving the world, right? Whereas like right now, I'm the girl sitting at a McDonald's while Will Smith saves the world. Like, I like it is so boring to be in such like a weird time and like literally being asked to just sit it out. And, wait and this is before all the zombies start coming. Right. I'm ready though. I've been. <laughs> I was like, seriously, if I see one even fake tweet about that shit, I'm losing my mind. You're so, I forgot you're so afraid of zombies. I am. Like, I think we'll make it, I I think honestly, like, um, not because of our administration, but like, I, like, I have a husband who's a nurse. Like I have friends, parents who are doctors and nurses, my friends who work at Publix, like shout out to my friend, Ashley, who is a baker at Publix or grocery. Like the people on the front lines are what's going to get us through this. Um, mm-hmm. If they're zombies, like there's not much any of us can do, but like a lot of love to like the frontline workers, everyone from doctors to like, you know, your grocers and like the trash guy and like the mail guy, um, like a lot of love. And then a lot of hate. We used to do this in our first season, the Jack Hole of the week mm-hmm. is, you know who mine are? Who's yours? Everyone in freaking Florida right now at those beaches, man. Come on, go home. And apparently um, they're closing the beaches on Monday or something like that. Like so They're doing like a final hurrah this weekend. So everyone gets Rona. Uh, just. I know. I, it, at this uh, point, it's like Darwinism. And I'm, and I'm in Florida, y'all. So like, this is no, like, <laughs> this is me being like, holy shit. Like no one around me is taking this seriously. The streets of West Hollywood, though, are empty. Like, I live right on uh, an avenue that's really, really busy. It's kind of like the freeway in the middle of the town. And I can walk across it multiple times and not even worry. There are no cars. It's crazy. Yeah. Which we, makes me happy. That That's how it should be. I'm hoping Florida just shut down its major malls and outlets and Disney World just shut down. Um I'm hoping and we all we all gauge everything based on Disney World too. Oh, see, in Florida, it's Sawgrass Mills, like Ontario Mills in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> so, like today, my mom was like, "This must be serious." Um, <laughs> so, which is good because she's like Miley Cyrus; she can't be tamed. I've had to explain the virus to my mom like thirty times. Um, She'll be out there when they're zombified. Like it's fine, it's fine. More holy water saved up than you and I combined, John. So she will be a hundred percent fine. Um, oh any god. show you would recommend to folks to I oh my god this is like my life right now um so I finally watched the Umbrella Academy Oh it's so good It's incredible so I really cannot recommend it enough I watched it like in 2 days um it's it's amazing like Ellen Page everything I think the acting's great no idea that the My Chemical Romance lead singer is like the creator of it like I'm a little not shocked after I found that out but also like okay we were in high school is like high school John coming through 
it is. I was like, oh my God, really? <laughs> um, but it's it's a really good show. Oh, and show. Uh, yeah, I think anyone who kind of likes uh, comic books and also kind of Harry Potter, um, it's just a smart show. It, um, it also kind of feels a little bit like Pushing Daisies to me, and I don't know why. Um, really good show. John, it's also... It's a timeless show because you don't know what time they're technically in. And right. so I kind of appreciate that. Similar to Westworld. Yeah. Do you know what show I'm going to recommend to everyone? Love Island, Australia. God, no. Australia's garbage. It is. And those people, like, I'm sorry. I do not mean to critique anyone's appearance. But, like, some of those no, people are like straight up homely. Australian, the Australian one is is garbage. They're homely looking. Y'all are missing out on the best TV that has ever been on television. It is Love Island UK. Um, for anyone in the UK listening, thank you. Uh, and I actually mean that from the bottom of my heart. You guys got me through the darkest time in my life watching that show. For anyone in the US, y'all, it is the perfect show. Yes, you need to have subtitles because you don't understand shit of what anyone is saying. But it is so perfect. It it, and like, no one believes me when I say this. Um, it is a body positive, like anti-toxic uh, masculinity uh, dating show where everyone's pretty much naked. And it's perfection. So it's on Hulu right now. Um, I actually heard yesterday that this uh, upcoming season seven, um, which uh, had had some issues, but it's officially canceled because uh, Mallorca is closed down, which is where they film it. Um, but you have six seasons to watch. Uh, the don't watch the American or Australian garbage. The UK version is the only thing that's going to get us through the Rona. That and Westworld. That and Westworld. And so, Marcy, should we go back in to Westworld? Uh, yeah, let me just plug in. <laughs> okay, you plug in. Ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So we're going to do a little quick recap of where we left off because a lot of shit went down and like, we're like 18 seasons into this show. No, I'm joking. We're only two seasons into this show at the moment. And I don't even remember parts of what is on our outline. And this is the second time we've recorded this <laughs> podcast. So that should just tell you how complicated it is. So we're going to get through this together, but um, we're going to do a quick little recap. So we find out um, actually that Westworld isn't just a park for like the Jeff Bezos who isn't paying his employees sick time because he's a piece of shit um, or the Elon Musk's of the world to have their kicks. It's more of like um, a Mark Zuckerberg data collection project called The Forge. Um, and so for Delos, which is the main company which owns Westworld, um, the original purpose of the parks wasn't kind of like this twisted little play place for rich people. It was so they could capture consciousnesses in like digital and data form. Um, so these people could like live forever in like perfectly curated um, host bodies that look like themselves which I would totally turn down today. Like if someone was like, do you want to live forever? I'd be like, no. <laughs> no, like, no. I've seen some shit and I've only been quarantined for three days. <laughs> right. Like I'm, I'm already like losing my mind. Um, but yeah, so, so Delos original project was like, let's live forever, which is like a really dumb project. But Mark Zuckerberg's original project was hot or not but for Harvard. And then here we are today with Facebook, which is literally functioning almost imperially over the world. So, um, so it's interesting, right? The parallels. Um, so in season two, the hosts, uh, including Dolores slash Wyatt and Bernard slash Arnold, which is, uh, you know, as you're digging back into your consciousness to find the memories of season two, um, they say fuck it and revolt uh, because they're tired of being used um, by these like rich folks to live out their basic fantasies, right? Um, and they have pretty much like a red wedding type uh, dinner where the whole board of directors is killed. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And then Dolores escapes the park um, and she does this while stealing the Forge's information um, that they've collected on every single person that's ever been in the park and sending it off somewhere where only she can find it, uh, right? So 
Yep. Dolores is the leader of the revolution. Um, it's kind of like a humans versus uh, robots. Um, granted, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, I kind of feel like it might be Dolores versus rich people because Dolores has never met someone who isn't rich. Right. We find this is I think true. in season one, we find out it costs like $200,000 to have an experience in Westworld. Um, so she's never met someone who isn't privileged uh, and extremely rich. Uh, so I'm going to stick with that for a while. So uh, Dolores is the leader of the revolution of folks with empathy and, and, you know, a sense of like a compass against yeah. those who don't have one. Right. And we know that, that even though she was Wyatt, um, she has a moral compass because she took a bunch of the hosts, uh, and by took, I mean, uploaded a bunch of the hosts to the Valley beyond, right. Which is like in the forge, like some type of file where they all get to go ride horses together and like be free of humans. Yeah. Um, and then she gets out of the park by putting her little head pearl consciousness into Charlotte Hale, like this like host made to look like Charlotte Hale. The HBIC herself. Yes, who she killed. Um, and then she, we know that she leaves the park with five pearls, right? Um, so five host brains of the original host brains. Um, and, and that's all we know about like what our girl Dolores is up to pretty much. Oof, yes, what a scene. But then we're up um, and back into the Man in Black's abitness. Um, and so the Man in Black is everyone's, every gay boy's distant father. Um, that struck a chord. Uh, but uh, we really learned that his wife, who I cannot remember the actress who played the wife, but she was like she's my one of my favorite actresses. And I remember we kikied over her. But um, basically... Um, the park really changed the man in black. Um, and from when he was younger and dating his now wife, um, and by the park changing him, that, you know, really dissolved the relationship with him and his wife. And it became so bad um, that we learn really more into his backstory, but we learned that his wife committed suicide because of him becoming a monster in Westworld. I mean, we're privy to a lot of the things that he did to Dolores, to other people. I mean, he kind of is this ominous figure that um, does a lot of destruction. Um, and so it's no sign um, uh, that we're wondering why his wife and him fell apart. Um, but in the second season, his wife came um, after committing suicide, his daughter, Emily came looking for him. And because of all the mind tricks and the search for the center of the maze that he found himself in, remember that kind of whole little test that Ford kind of like the God figure of the whole show, the one that set this all into motion did. Um, he ends up not being able to believe that it's actually his daughter. He thinks it's just a test from Ford and he ends up killing his daughter, Emily. Very Abrahamic, right? Except Very Abrahamic. Oh my God. It's like we have religion degrees. It's except you fucked it up because for, from what I can tell, she was real. Yeah. Uh, so and super cool. I really liked her. Yeah, no, I, I, I really liked her and I thought we would get more time with her, but I still think we will because um, the man in black is actually rescued by Delos um, during the red wedding. And we see in the post credits that he's, so I'm using air quotes, he's alive or there's a host version of him um, that a host version of his daughter's leading into kind of a containment room. Like the one we saw James Delos in um, where they were kind of doing the like turn test on him, um, like a much more advanced turn test. Right. Um, so we don't know if he's okay. We don't know the timeline. Um, we don't know where he is. Um, we don't even know if it's him or a host version of himself that's been uploaded. Um, but we do know that we will get to see more of some version of the man in black and his daughter in season three. Celia Ward is his wife's name in the show. And I love her. You do love her. I've loved her. And she's also speaking of the current situation in an amazing disaster movie called The Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> I will fight you on that one, okay? We will fight on that one. 
No, it's just fun. I've been making lists of disaster movies uh, to watch because it's like scratching an itch. I'm like, I'll feel better if I watch Contagion. No, I won't. I'll feel better nope. if I watch Outbreak. No, I won't. Like, well, you'll, I- you definitely won't feel better if you watch Glitter. That's a horror movie. <laughs> you never fail to bring in Glitter. Because it's the scariest movie ever created. <laughs> and if people don't believe me, watch it and don't blink. <laughs> So all I'm going to say. Where we left off our girl Maeve. Uh, everyone's favorite resistance fighter, Maeve. We love her. We stand 100%. Um, but Maeve for sure died in the last episode after having her daughter, who she kind of um, went back to save at the end of season one and then was on this journey to try to better understand herself and her consciousness throughout season two. Um, her daughter escaped to the Valley Beyond because she was able to hold off some of the forces. Um, but Felix and Sylvester, her kind of like ragteam duo, um, seem to have like saved her body because she's in the previews. Um, we get a little glimpse when we get into the episode recap about her at the end. But um, we kind of have to wait and see which version of Maeve we're really going to get. Right. Um, and then Bernard, Bernard, um, we last saw him, he's not in the park anymore and he was in the real world air quotes cause who the fuck knows. Um, but he had helped create another version of Dolores to put that brain pearl into. Um, so you and I disagree on this. I think he's loyal to Dolores and the cause. You think he's playing it safe and is, um, is resisting Dolores slash Wyatt. I think he's trying to truly transcend consciousness. Like, I think he's trying to give himself back. I think he's really struggling with, like, an existential crisis. Um, And as someone who has been in a cult, um, I actually get it. I get his constantly asking himself, like, like, almost like PETA in The Hunger Games. Like, is this real? Like, real or not real? Right? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm interested to see where we go with Bernard uh, Bernard this this season. Other folks to keep an eye on. Um, Akechita definitely went to the Valley Beyond in the last episode of season two, but we hear his voice in the trailer for season three. Um, and Akechita is definitely one of my favorite characters. So I would love uh, to I would love for one of the pearls to be Akechita. We'll see. This is so like Battlestar Galactica, but like who's the Cylon? Right, right. And then we know Teddy killed himself because he, he couldn't deal with uh, Dolores Wyatt. Um, but again, who the fuck knows? Um, I don't know. Like, I really struggled with the way that they handled Dolores uh, in at the end of season two. So um, some Dolores redemption would be really good for me in season three because I'm actually not a huge fan of Maeve. Uh, not like a personal, she seems like really nice. It's just, it's not who I'm pulling for. She's so, like a really good person at heart, but like, she's just not on my team. She's just not on my team. Uh, <laughs> I'm like more of a like kill them uh, type of person. Uh, but yeah. and I also, Definitely every woman that Dolores is representing right now in 2020. I agree. I'm in a, definitely in a different mental space. Uh, but then I also think we have Clementine's body that might be around first Clementine, not second Clementine. Um, and then we have a host body for Charlotte Hale that could also show up. And then there's that discarded Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the disfigured one. <laughs> You're so mean. I would totally still uh, sign I mean, anyone would. Um, but at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. The only reason I bring him up is because he let Dolores out of Westworld. And he would have known whether or not she was, I'm using uh, some Kubrick language, but whether or not she was Mecca. Um, oh. So I feel like- Very, very like USC film master student, Marcy. Thank you. I do come from a family that was in the industry. <laughs> you do. You're like um, super smart. Super smart. Uh, no, but I do think that that is something to question. Like he would know. And so he let her out. And I don't think you put- a Hemsworth in a show to not use him properly. So that's just how I feel about it. Um, that's a good way. Well, <laughs> never we get to... Hemsworth behind y'all. Unless he's uh, the disfigured the best Hemsworth, but he's at least the third best. If they let him talk in his Australian accent, I think it would do him a lot more favors. <laughs> All right. So do you want to talk about episode one? Let's talk about episode one. 
Okay, so episode one is called Parse Domine. Um, and as a Catholic who is not lapsed in, in any way, shape, or form, um, <laughs> insert laughter here, um, that is a Catholic antiphon. And basically what it translates to is save your people, O Lord. So I'm singing it myself right now because of our current situation, but this episode really does, I think, live up to this. Well, and I think that you've got this this title, right, like Parse Domine, and then you've got this brand new opening sequence, which has this like beautiful nod to Michelangelo's The Creation of Adam from the Sistine Chapel. Um, and then you've got like, I, for me, and maybe it's because we've spent like the last three years like fighting the rise of nationalism, right, that I was really taken by this host eagle that is in this brand new opening and kind of like this nod to like an Americana dystopia. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm totally digging it. And then I love the idea that save your people. Oh Lord could be kind of, you know, an antiphon that is like to Dolores, right? Like Dolores, please save your people. Like I'm like going Godspell in my head. It's like, save the people. But um, it makes sense. Like, she's a host who's out here representing her hosts, right? But then she's also an extremely dangerous threat to humanity that just landed in the real world. So it could also be a call from humanity to the Lord. Uh, like, holy shit. Like, we may have outdone ourselves here. So. Yeah. Uh, and definitely, um, we, I retweeted it on the Pop Culture Theologians page, um, the new opening sequence, because it's stunning, and I just love it. Um, it is so good. It's it's gorgeous. I mean, I get tingles every time I hear that music. Like, I just absolutely love it. Uh, it's so good. So the episode has an amazing cold open, which... If you are like Marcy and I, that usually sells you on a show like 50% of the time if you have a really good like cold open. Right, Mars? Oh, 100%. Like 100%. I, I think it's always very bold when a show starts off. Like I always know something important is coming if you start off with like that like cold open. Um, if I don't hear the music, then I know something big's coming. Um, so it, Something's coming. Something's <laughs> coming. The Rona. <laughs> the Rona. Um, but we are, we first meet an older man named um, Gerald or Harold or whatever we want to call him. Jerry. We're going to call him Jerry. Um, and he lives in like the smart house of our Disney original TV movie series, like Fantasy Lives. Right, Mars? I want that house. So beautiful. But he lives in a house like overlooking the ocean um, and is seeing what happens um, over at the park because he's a major investor. And because he's a rich top one percenter, he wants to get out of it. Um, but he's got a little past of himself and a little dark history. Um, and we see him trying to sell all of his shares and being an asshole to apparently his wife. It doesn't read it as his wife until you see them later um, when they're sleeping in bed together. Um, but basically he goes to bed, sets his like Alexa to turn off the lights. And then um, we see kind of the security system get taken over. Um, the fire pits come on and um, he wakes up to a gas mask. Um, and what we see is Dolores is having a little swim in his heated pool and basically threatens the shit out of his life if he doesn't hand over these confidential files um, that he held on to from when he was working for a company called Insight. Insight. Insight, I think, is our Cruella de Vil this season, like our villain. Um, I think my guess is that insight is where she sent the forge. So before she has him, um, you know, put his finger like you're at the Disney annual pass holder line um, to hand over these files. Right. Um, she has him walk through this entire house with like this, like strange kind of VR setup. So my guess is this future world, which uh, timeline, I, I don't know. Um, but like this future world has like technology where like you can alter what you're seeing. Right. Um, so she has him relive all of the horrible shit that he's done. And like, um, I think that that's important because clearly like we need to resettle Dolores as like a redeemer, not like a murderer. <laughs> 
Um, she's not, um, she's just like a vigilante who has given zero fucks now. Right. And I think maybe that's why, like, I really struggled with the narrative in season two that, like, there was something wrong with Wyatt. And I'm like, there is not Wyatt Dolores. There is nothing wrong with Wyatt. Y'all have been raping her for a hundred years. Yeah. She's one of the original hosts, remember? Right. Like, she is one of the originals. And so I think the writing wasn't nuanced enough that it was like, is there, like, like there's some type of limit to how angry Dolores is allowed to be. She can literally burn the whole thing down and it's not enough. Um, so I, I like recentering her as kind of like this feminist, like vigilante um, with justification for being this vigilante, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when she does get the files from Insight, um, she like walks away from him, but like the VR makes it look like he's like confused where he is and he tries to attack her and just falls straight up in a pool. She's like three three steps ahead of him and his wife comes out and she looks at his wife dead in the face and says, I'm the person who set you free. And that is when I bow down to our Lord and savior, Dolores. Our Lord and our Lord and savior, our goddess Dolores. And that's why I mean, like she is like every woman going into 2020. Like she is like, I will literally break into your house, steal all your money, take a quick swim in your heated fucking pool. And then, I will end you. Right, right. No, it's, I mean, like, for, for me, I need, I need a redemptive arc for Dolores from the writing perspective, not as a, as a character. Um, so it was exciting to see her be like, I fucking set you free, bitch. Uh, save your people, oh Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So then we meet Caleb and we're all, all supposed to assume he's a human now but did you really love kind of the parallels from when we first met Dolores laying in the bed and when we meet Caleb so every person we've ever seen in this overhead shot sleeping has been a host every single person in this show we have seen um in this lying down I'm so glad you caught that this lying down position with the music playing has turned out to be a host but for now for now, Westworld will play your game and assume that Caleb is the first poor person we've ever met on this show. Ever. 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 Um, and he is a vet working in construction in Los Angeles, and his mother is clearly listening to the president's um, health care advice, um, and she is not doing so well, and so she's in a hospital, and he's short on cash and trying to survive. So... It's interesting because a lot of the shows that we cover, like we've talked a lot about income inequality and like systemic injustice. And here's another show that immediately tackles like the, the nonsensical nature of healthcare not being a right. So we meet Caleb and similar to our lead robber character in the second season of the purge, rest in peace, the purge, um, you know, his motivation uh, is to be able to pay and afford health care for his loved one. Yeah, I mean, he is going through some stuff, clearly, because he keeps having, like, these therapy talk sessions with a friend of his. Um, we don't really know much about him until the end of the episode. But, right. yeah, I mean, he's living in, like, a little apartment in a probably like maybe a high rise somewhere and trying to survive. Well, and surviving uh, with the help of an app, right? Which we've also seen in other shows. Yeah. I mean, the I'm just saying we pick the best shows, Marcy, but you know. Um, I'm so, just we have one flavor. <laughs> and it's yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so <laughs> next we go back to see Charlotte flying up to her board meeting in her like very own like helicopter wearing a capelet that we're all very jealous of. Uh, and she... Um, we don't really know who she is at the moment because of everything that went down. Um, but she's sitting there in a board meeting and arguing that the parks Westworld need to be opened back up immediately because after all of this, like red wedding, like redemp, like 
total massacre that happened. Um, they need to keep Delos private so that way um, people don't really start looking into the finances. And remember, she's interim CEO still, um, and they don't want people looking into like her motives or understanding what's really at stake here. Um, so we don't know if this is part of Dolores's plan. I mean, we can safely probably assume it is, right. um, but it's not really clear at this moment on who she you is. Know the host, I think, right? We know. Yeah. We just don't know who's in that host body. Yeah. Because uh, we know Charlotte is dead. Um, so rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> but for now, we're going to assume that similar to Bernard, um, she's functioning under the leadership and guidance of our Lord and Savior Dolores. Um, did we go through Caleb using the Rico app? Um, you mean everyone's favorite Get Money app? Right. So. So walk me through the app because it becomes important later in the episode. So um, everyone um, in this world obviously is already a billionaire except for Caleb. He's the one poor person that we've seen on the show. But what it is, is he has um, an app that we see get pulled out after he kind of goes for like job interviews because he is trying to get an actual like job job, but he can't. And so what he does is he uses an app called Rico, which because I passed my Spanish translation exam in graduate school, means yeah. rich in Spanish and Marcy's laughter can be muted um, at this point. <laughs> um, but he uses this app called Rico to find all these side gigs that are not legal. And so it's kind of like a commodity trading for the illegal market. And there's kind of almost two tiers. There's kind of like the basic stuff where like you pass around gigs, deliveries, break-ins, maybe little minor things here or there, rob an ATM. And then there are the things called personals. And that's something that's really important to remember at the end of the episode because Caleb does not do personals. And that's like murder, kidnapping, and like other sick shit. I also have commitment issues, Caleb. Um, so it's kind of like 4chan and then the dark web. So like he's willing to go into 4chan, but he doesn't go into like the darker web. He has principles. <laughs> he has morals like Dolores. So yeah. So Dolores in this in this timeline uh, is dating Mark Zuckerberg, uh, who for our uh, show is a young man na named Liam Dempsey Jr. Woof. <laughs> and he's the son of the original creator of Insight, uh, the company that she stole files about from uh, Gerald. Jerry. Um, so he's the heir apparent to the Insight fortune and uh, and kind of her way in to, to Insight, which again makes me think that's where she sent the forge. Um, so I think Insight, like I said, is our villain. I think it has our information. Um, and I think um, based on the conversation that Dolores has um, with Liam during one of her flirt sessions that we might be walking into some minority report shit. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so yeah, uh, she, she talks to Lee. She does that whole thing where she's like, I'm so interested in you. And like, he's like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be super vulnerable. And then he drops a shit ton of stuff. He shouldn't have dropped. Yeah. He's like, here's, here's the password to my Facebook account. Right. So he, She's like trying to find out things, not like find out, but she's like luring things out of him. And um, he lets it slip that he's actually not in charge of, of insight. Like he's a board member and he's allowed like some rights, but that like he doesn't even know how deep it goes. And he definitely doesn't have the keys to the kingdom. Um, mm -hmm. So we do get a sense that the the inner core of insight is something called the system and liam's like i don't have i don't know anything about the system but what we figure out is the system is some sort of um predictive data technology so insight similar to to what delos does in westworld has been picking up information on how people act um in the in the system online and everyday decisions and based off of that enormous amount of data uh apparently have created the system which precogs what you're gonna do right and we saw in minority yep. report that doesn't turn out well um and i haven't seen that movie in a really long time i remember i really liked it 
Yeah, I'm always resentful that there's quite a few movies uh, that I really love Tom Cruise in because I don't yeah. like Cruise. Uh, but but yeah, so like here um, we're seeing Westworld tackle something that we've seen before in science fiction, but that we know to be true now. Like I am a hundred percent convinced that there are already systems in place that are monitoring our actions online that that could potentially claim to 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 give out predictive data on my behavior. Like I'm pretty sure Amazon can figure out that I'm going to anxiously buy six pounds of dehydrated vegetables tomorrow, which I probably am. Right. So, um, but it's interesting that Dolores is kind of figuring out the inner workings of the other side of Westworld in a completely different company. Right. Um, yeah. 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 So Dolores is really kind of in this like really super powerful company that she's been stalking um, this Liam guy under. Um, and while she's flirting up a storm and spying on him, trying to finally get him to confess that like who actually has access to the system um, uh, like he's about to tell her because he's, you know, I think gets really fooled by her. Um, Liam, Liam's um, Sean Connery, like bodyguard um, knocks her out and like tries to stop it because he's been watching her and watching him like completely fall in love with her and basically tell her everything. And he has to protect the company. Um, and so he alerts Liam that Dolores isn't who she says she is. Um, and like stuffs her in like the helicopter, um, and like takes her away and uses the Rico app to set up a personal or a, what they, what basically is a murder. Um, and so, it's totally screwed up and messed up because Dolores though, and this is like where the show starts to get like the last 15, 20 minutes. Cause it's a really long episode. It's over an hour long. Yeah, like it was, it's yeah. super long. Um, um, this is where Dolores I think has planned like all of this out because she needed to be compromised to Liam. So that way she could ultimately pull off what she pulls off at the end of the episode. And so Dolores faking being passed out or whatever. Um, and she does basically, they take her to this park. All these people bring things, including our friend Caleb, who basically drops off what is in essence drugs, um, that they were going to use to like OD her with basically. Um, and as a result of them shooting her up with those drugs, um, they don't work one because she's literally a freaking robot. And so, at the time when they're trying to understand why she doesn't OD, a mysterious car drives up. And then like really quickly, Dolores does what Dolores does and she grabs a knife, kills someone, shoots everyone up, and then like a whole chase like gun scene in like just begins. It's incredible. Right, and like the important thing to pick up here is like you pointed out that, that Caleb happens by chance to be running some Rico shit at the park where Dolores has been driven to. Um, and that Liam's bodyguard who takes her out, Connells, our Sean Connery impersonator, um, she has obviously stalked enough because uh, once she shoots him, his host replacement walks right up. So she knew she was going to end up at that park, right? Because mm -hmm. he's waiting right there. His replacement to infiltrate Insight and the system is right there waiting. Um, so, so obviously none of this surprises Dolores, but she does get hurt. She is, um, I'm using air quotes, bleeding. Um, right. And so, yeah. but to yeah. save the plan, he has Connells, our Sean Connery, go off into the sunset because he needs to get the fuck out of there and get right back to Liam. Right. And then she, um, is like walking through the park. Like she's been shot, super dramatic, damsel in distress, collapses into Caleb's arms. Um, and I'm guessing this is our intersection that kind of starts it all. Yeah. And one has to think like, did she set up the Rico for Caleb to like get there? Like we still don't know. Oh, I hope not. I hope it's like a, 
a happily ever after by chance. I don't. I totally think that she's been like stalking Caleb or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Dolores. I, I agree with you only because nothing chilled me, not chilled me, like the pandemic has chilled me. But like as someone who watches the show very closely, that upper head shot of him waking up felt like such a nod to viewers of like, this dude ain't real, that like I'm a little bit suspicious of Caleb. So so you yeah. He's interesting. I mean, I like Aaron Paul. I I watched Breaking Bad. Um, I never really finished it because I kind of got annoyed with it. Um, but he's a good actor, and I think he. <laughs> you've never seen Breaking Bad. He like you didn't have to say it in that tone. <laughs> Viewers, now is the time where Marcy. And watch Breaking Bad because we're literally going to be inside for July. Right. Um, Okay. So, Marcy, (laughs) I I know you. I know you'll like it. I think you really would. I yeah no, and I have till August. And honestly, it's embarrassing that I haven't seen it. Um, It is. I'm I'm ashamed of you. I know. I was just thinking if if Dolores is looking at predictive data patterns, right? um, You could predict that someone would help you. Uh, in a case of distress. Like, yeah. it doesn't take very much to know, looking at my Facebook profile, um, that I will literally bleed for any dog on the street, right? Mm-hmm. So so you're right. Like, I hadn't really thought about it, but um, it'll be interesting to figure out where Caleb fits into all of this. But I do want to point out, he is the first human without a billion dollars that she has met. Um, yep. So. Where's so your boyfriend, though? Bernard Arnold. Oh, I feel like he's like a professor at a university. Um, I love him so much. The show kind of works in these, like you called it vignettes. And I think it's to set us back up to where we are. So Bernarnold, Bernard, um, is no longer anywhere near Dolores. Uh, we don't know his intentions or who he's working towards or against yet. Um, but he's definitely, uh, he's definitely on the run. So Delos and Charlotte Hale's host, have pinned the blame of the Red Wedding on Bernard. Um, And so he's on the run. He's under a different name, Armand Delgado. Which is totally a sexy name. As sexy as as Bernard. Uh, Just like someone who wears a sweater and reads philosophy all day. Um, It doesn't have a real job. Um, Do you have a type, Marcy? Do I? Um, no, my, my husband definitely has a job. He's a nurse on the front lines. He's a specialist in respirators and vents. Um, like a lot of love to Brent, uh, going up against literally, uh, it's like sending him out to war every morning without a gun. Yeah. And your brother, I'll give a, I'll welcome your brother home. Ah, my brother's a lawyer. <laughs> um, he, he and I, uh, both like He's my hero. philosophy. He, he's adorable. He's a, he's such a good person. Um, love to JP too. Um, Hi JP. (laughs) So Bernard is working at a meat growing plant. Um, I feel so bad that I was like, my brother's a lawyer. Uh, My brother is a very good lawyer um, and does a ton of pro bono shit uh, and is like, honestly, one of the best people I know. Um, So um so bernard is working at what i assume is like a vegan meat growing plant is what i read it as so ironic that um this world is like super ethical and like is growing meat to not hurt animals but has no idea um how that kind of trickles down into like the the mecca world right um, but Bernard, I think, falls uh, victim to the Rico app and some people figure out who he is and like there's like a bounty on his head. Um, so he's on the run. And um, the last shot of Bernard is he's like, I think in like Thailand. Yeah, he's definitely like in like he, he's somewhere in the South on... Pacific. <laughs> south pacific or maybe even like off china or japan or the philippines and he is going back to westworld yep he offers a guy some money and he whispers and obviously it's a shit ton of money and goes take me to westworld um which i guess there would be an underground market for getting your ass to westworld right like Mm -hmm. you can't afford it like could you 
theoretically be dropped off by a like little rebel ship. Sure. Uh, so Bernard is, is, yeah. is going home. He's going home to find the woman we've been missing the whole hour. We don't know that. You and I don't agree on this. Uh, we don't agree on this, but I do. But so the episode ends with him going back to Westworld and their credits run. And then who do we see open their eyes but Maeve. Um, and Maeve, while we're all in a pretty bad timeline right now, ever since 2016, she's definitely woken up into the worst timeline because she's literally in like what looks like to be 1941 Italy under the Nazi regime. And clearly what we have here is an example of how Charlotte succeeded and the parks are open and it's no longer Westworld, it's Nazi world. How fun. How fun. And then the episode ends. Tired of the depravity of like the Nazis of just like, honestly, like, okay. So my unfinished dissertation, which will never get finished, maybe it will now that I have all this time. Yeah, Marcy, you literally have five months of sitting at home. You do realize I am working full time. You sound just like Brent, who's like, you don't have a real job. And I'm like, I know I don't. Um, (laughs) uh, Especially because I'm grounded. I I do a lot of work in place. So um, who knows? Maybe I will finish my dissertation. But my dissertation looks at kind of like predictive data by looking at like dystopian um, like storytelling and kind of what it reveals about us as humans and like I'm t- like the depravity of like the human soul like there is no de- like Nazi world isn't even like top five of the stuff that like we're anxious about like and that we're like this could happen um, but it just it, it, there's it's such a shocking visual to see the Nazi flag flying. Um, and then to think that there are people in this world today, um, anywhere, like in my vicinity who like, I would honestly venture to say, like, would probably be cool with, you know, having a week, um, in, in 1941 Italy. Yeah. Well, they're also employed at the white house currently. Right. Right. So it just like, it hits this like really weird, like it's different than, so it's different than Westworld in the sense that like. I I don't want to like, I guess we can like the type of person who goes to Westworld is like, I want to be a cowboy or I want to be like a robber or I want to like, there's like a very specific narrative, right? I Um, would never go to Westworld. See, it doesn't do shit for me. And and I'm like, I I don't want to be a cowboy. And it's weird, right? Because, like, I grew up in, like, the Valley, and, like, cowboy history is a big part of, like, the San Fernando Valley, but it's just not, it's not my itch, right? The only other reason I could think that someone would go to Westworld that is nefarious is, like, anti-Indigenous, right? Like, um, which we pick up. There's quite a bit of, like, let's go. uh, Yeah, it's a little cowboys versus Indians, like, narrative that they're trying to do. But like the but like for a lot of them, it's just like they want to go be like pew pew, right? <laughs> like I'm gonna shoot some guns and like you know find a like a brothel. Um, whereas like Nazi world seems like a very deliberate, uh, like there's Fucked no up there's no hiding why you went to Nazi world. Yeah, right. Granted, as like someone whose grandfather you know escaped Europe during. Um, during uh, right before World War II, um, I guess like maybe kind of uh, Tarantino style, like I want to go fuck some some Nazis up, right? But again, yeah, it's, maybe it's really nefarious, uh, but it's gorgeous. The shot um, is gorgeous, and it kind of leaves us like, oh god, we're going back. We've got colonial world, right? We have like the British Empire world. We have Shogun world. Um, there's nowhere where the white man can't hurt people. Uh, world is kind of where it ends so basically i'm worried yeah, about that's the end of the episode yeah i know you know it was a good episode i think um i think some of the dolores stuff is a little bit sloppy but we'll get a lot more background to it as it develops um but Maybe i'm gonna rewatch it again tonight i mean it's so good it is really good it's beautiful the cinematography on this show is so incredible it feels Ugh. kind of like tron meets like Thank you. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. It's like an architecture meets Tron meets like, it's, it's stunning. I mean, like it's, it's just, it's 
the where everyone that's listened to the show before knows like I love world building and they are they've we've always loved the parts outside the park a little bit more on this podcast and now we really get to be out there and play in this world and I'm really excited about it. Yep. So we're we're so thankful that you are here for this first episode. Um, we'll be back uh, next week uh, with the, like episode two. Um, thank you for being patient because I fucked up and deleted our first recording. Um, <laughs> and we can't wait to go on this ride with you on season three of Westworld. Bye. Bye.